Our scripture this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Listen now for a word from God. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may go too and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. And on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you'll please join me in prayer. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Well, just recently, my husband Mike and I decided that we are going to start watching all of the Marvel movies from start to finish. In case some of you are wondering, we decided that we're going to watch them in the order that they came out, not the order of um, the timeline. Um, but we are going to start, we started with the very first Iron Man released in 2008 all the way until Spider-Man Far From Home, which is currently in theaters. And now I've seen many of these movies before, but also many of them are very new to me. So I'm sitting in my living room with an elevated heart rate as Iron Man battles his previous business partner gone bad, Obadiah, even though I know that Iron Man appears in Avengers later on, So I know that he either defeats the bad guy or he dies and comes back to life somehow. And plus, a general rule of movies is that the good guy always wins, with a few caveats, of course. But the good guy is tasked with a challenge, and then the bad guy tries to disrupt the plan in some way. They battle, whether it's an emotional battle or a physical battle, and then the good guy comes out with a win, which then allows you to leave the movie theater or your living room inspired. And so the story of the Magi, like so many stories in scripture, 
they follow this same narrative arc. And so I invite you today to join me in the movie storyboard, The Place in Herodium. The scene opens up on the main characters, the Magi, and we are instantly led to love them. They sit in a large room with bookshelves all around, surrounded by scrolls and looking glasses. The Magi speak to each other with calmness, and it seems like they are speaking into one another's souls as they discuss ancient scriptures and the birth of the baby boy in Bethlehem. As they see the magnificent star rising, it's clear to them all that they must follow it. We, as the observer, know that finding this Messiah, the King, will be the main plot of the movie. The Magi will search for it and meet trials along the way. And if we've seen enough movies, we know that this star will lead them to where they need to go. But we are still drawn in by the detail and the drama of how it will happen. We know instinctively, because of the soft music playing and the genuine conversations, that these magi are to be trusted. They are the good guys, and the good guys always win. It isn't long before we're met with our first enticing incident. The information that we know will make it difficult for the good guys to get where they are going. The Magi are wise, and so they pack their camels with their precious gifts in case they do find this now almost toddler, and they set out to Jerusalem. The scene then cuts to a power-hungry ruler sitting on a throne. Text appears at the bottom of the screen that reads, the palace now known as Herodium, 6 BC, the time of King Herod. Important-looking people are kneeling in a semicircle around him, and these are the scribes and the chief priests in the town. He demands to know where has this baby been born. The priests quote scripture, and the scribes affirm that out of Bethlehem of Judea, this baby will be born. Herod stands up, terrified, and sends for the Magi, who he has learned has sought out to seek this young ruler. He turns on the charm at their arrival, and despite the dim lighting and the darkness in his eyes, the Magi trust him and promise to return to reveal his exact location. Watching the movie inwardly, this is the part where you say, don't do it, it's a trap. Can't they see that this is the bad guy? Well, how did the Magi evade this one? We know eventually they're going to somehow accomplish their task because the good guys always win. So let's take a pause from the storyboard for just a moment. So far, whose faces have you put on the characters? Are you one of the Magi seeking truth? Are you the King Herod, even though you may not want to admit it? Are there bosses or friends who have possibly taken these roles instead? We all do things in our lives that would categorize as heroic in a movie. We choose family at the cost of a job, or we maybe overcome an emotional struggle that seemed impossible. But we also, 
lie to our loved ones. We gossip about others, and we lash out in anger. No matter what things we do, though, one of those tends to live as the narrative in our lives in our own heads. We have decided whether we are the hero or the villain in our own stories. And we're all on a journey to figure out how our story will end or if we've made an impact on the world already. Will we be remembered as the good guys when our story is written? Those are the big questions, but the most of our day-to-day -day feels like the rising action of a movie, the little journeys to the pivotal climax. For the Magi, this rising action is a literal journey. The scene cuts to them with sleepy eyes and riding slow-moving camels. Maybe they fall asleep and they must find the star again. Maybe they run out of food or water. Or maybe a sandstorm appears, adding some suspense and drama. Even if the star stayed bright and clear, guiding the way the entire time. I bet at least one, if not all, of the Magi's doubted at one point along the way. But because they are the good guys in the story, they do make it to Jesus. They get a chance to see his face, be blown away by his presence, even at such a young age. They give him the gifts that they packed in their bags, the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and they are filled with joy. And then as the story resolves, we too are filled with joy. The Magi learn the truth about Herod, and because of that, the Magi, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus all avoid Herod's grasp. He eventually dies, and the true king lives. And as this all unfolds, we actually realize that we had it wrong the entire time. We were so focused on the journey of the Magi that we failed to see the bigger picture. The movie editor cuts back to every scene of every trial and zooms in on the parts that we didn't notice. The star that stayed consistent while we were watching the Magi falling asleep. The angel that warned the Magi not to return to Herod. Jesus, who's learning to walk He's already filling the room with such peace and love. The good guy did win at the end, but the good guy wasn't who we thought it was. All along, it was God. It was God who sent the stars and the angels. It was God who appeared in the flesh. It was God who guided the hearts of the Magi when their own physical bodies couldn't take it. You see, we come to Christmas learning from a young age that our gifts are based on how good or bad we are. And we internalize it one way or another, no matter how long it's been since you've been following Jesus. The reality is that none of us are really good. We just aren't. Because we do good things and we love people the way that we know how, but we slip too. In anger when we're exhausted, and when we don't have the correct information. So we can't consider ourselves good. We can't consider the Magi good, even though they too seemed like they were the good guys. 
And that is why Christmas time is so marvelous. While we aren't good, our God is. And the ultimate gift that we are given on Christmas is based on grace instead of merit. If we look at the story from that narrative, we see that instead we are loved, we are redeemed. John 3.16 reads, God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God's desire for us is to know God's great love and to spend eternity with every single one of us, including King Herod. And guess what? The good guy always wins. If this type of movie is done right, you leave not feeling guilty about the mistakes that you've made, but instead you leave wanting to be a better person. You leave feeling hopeful about the world. You have a new perspective on life. There's always some big revelation about what the whole experience can, of trials can teach you or how it's possible to move forward. Some of my favorites of these quotes at the end of the movies are, happiness can be found even in the darkness, darkest of cap times if only one remembers to turn on the lights. It's Dumbledore from Harry Potter. Oh yes, the past can hurt, but you can either run from it or learn from it. Anybody? Rafiki from Lion King. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. From Ferris Bueller's Day Off, I heard somebody. We leave the theater feeling inspired and we push on through the hard times. Or we promise ourselves that we'll pay more attention to the important things in life. And that's what celebrating the birth of Jesus can do. The text appears at the bottom of the movie screen 30 years later. And Jesus is surrounded by his most faithful disciples. The movie ends with the final words. All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always until the end of the age. So will you join God for the sequel?